welcome everybody to the Discovery It podcast. Tonight we're going to have uh, Amanda doing the presentation on the fear of failure. So why don't we go ahead and give the mic to Amanda. Good evening. Okay, so I'm going to talk about fear of failure, but um, it's presenting itself in the form of procrastination. Um, and that that is pretty much how I came to be aware of the extent, I guess, of my fear of failure, or it was in being able to see it from things that I procrastinated in helped me to see more clearly where my areas of fear of failure came in from. So, um, unfortunately, procrastination has been something that's been there. It's not really, it's not a fit for my personality at all. But it was still there. It was something I was ashamed of when I did it. I hated it. It made me feel bad. And, And then, of course, the guilt piled up. It made me feel bad because I knew that's not who I was. It made me feel bad because I knew I needed to be doing this thing or saying it or whatever it was. And so it just piled on guilt after guilt after guilt. And then, of course, at some point you just either walk away from it or collapse under it or breathe a sigh of relief and though even the, when it goes away, even though it's not actually um, a sigh of relief because that failure that you failed, that feeling that you failed is still with you. Um, so when we met Paul and started having sessions and talking and discovering it, that is one of the things I brought out in. And um, unfortunately, I have someone in my life that I love dearly that has always been a procrastinator. And, um, and, it, and it hurts me to see it. Um, and, okay, it's my dad, I'll just say that, because, uh, and I, I, it pains me to say that because I love my dad, and I think the world of him, and yet when he presents himself as human, you know, it's just that thing you just want to help fix and take care of, and yet he's my dad. And so um, when I would see it in myself, it reminded me of, you know, him, and of the disappointments he's had in his life. And um, the failures that he's had in his life. And it would always just make me sad. And so then I had that on top of everything else. Um, So one day I talked to Paul about it, and I asked him. And so he had me do some word association and look up some words and stuff. And, you know get down to it. Um, And so I had a mother who um, always asked us when something would go on with our friends or at school or in a situation, what part did you play in it? I don't care what they did. What did you do? So you got really good at looking at yourself and what did you do and did you have anything in this? And you know, so where has it taught me um, to look at myself, and I guess accountability in, in my actions that might have resulted in whatever the situation was, um, it also made me doubt myself and 
well, you know, what was I doing wrong? If something didn't work, surely I had a part in it. What did I do? So it introduced um, the shadow self, the shadow side of um, accountability. So um, in talking to Paul, learning the healthy balance between absolutely taking accountability and responsibility for where I might be at or what I might have um, done or said to cause that event, but also to saying that it's not all my fault, it's not always my fault, and sometimes there are things out of our control. And as long as I show up every day and I do my best for what there is, then that's all that can be asked. You know, that's, I mean, I, I can't do anything better than that. Um, and so as I learned to tackle these areas of procrastination, and I would just do them. Just, I mean, of course, they present one at a time normally, right? And so as I would tackle them and get the one done, I would be like, okay, oh, my gosh, that felt so good, so much better than procrastinating and putting it off. And because in doing it, I didn't have the guilt. Then I had, so I did not have the guilt, but I had the accomplishment of, of that feeling of actually just stepping in to that dark doorway and facing my fear. And the thing about that is, is once you do it, you find out that the fear is bigger than the reality of whatever it is you thought you were afraid of. So instead of walking around with this huge fear and then guilt on top of you, just face it. Just get it done. Just tackle it. Because I can guarantee you that so far, anything I've done, the act of doing it has never even come close to comparing to the fear I had of what was going to happen if I did it or didn't do it. And so um, in using the three-step process in it, identifying um, that, and, and that's the other thing that's really helped, is identifying the core of what I'm afraid of. You know, and a lot of times, isn't it rejection? We're afraid of being rejected. We're afraid of somebody thinking our ideas are stupid or dumb. And so we would rather maybe not speak up or not step into that place instead of being um, rejected or judged in the sense that we see it as. And um, identifying it, confronting it, and then doing it anyways. And the peace that has absolutely come along with um, being able to do that. So I've really, really appreciated uh, being able to put that into use. Thank you, Amanda. That was a very good presentation and analogy of the, you know, the fear of failure in your life. Really appreciate that. Thanks. Yes, sir. Debbie. Yes, sir. You online, I see. I am. I talked to you early in the session today, and uh, I asked you to get the uh, Webster Dictionary definition of the fear of failure. You want to go ahead and do that? Absolutely. Uh, the fear of failure, which is sometimes referred to as tichophobia, 
is an irrational, persistent fear of failing. Sometimes this fear might emerge in response to a specific situation. In other, con- in other cases, it might be related to uh, a mental health condition such as anxiety or depression. Do you want me to go on? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, so one of the things that you see is that the fear of failure is actually caused by, and I know for me this is probably true, uh, the unconscious sabotage of, of chances of success in a variety of ways. You know, sometimes we have disappointment, anger, fear, sadness, or even regret. In my particular case, it was caused by a very critical parent. And therefore, you know, I was always worried about meeting the expectation of what I was supposed to do. And one of the things that I found is that because of this critical parent, you know, I tended to try to be very perfect about how I did things. And sometimes you find that you um, you don't want to even attempt things that you're afraid you might fear you might fail at. So um, you know you don't even end up taking it on because you're afraid that you can't live up to your own or someone else's expectation. Very very good, Debbie. Appreciate your analogy there and your word uh, definition. Thank you. You're welcome. Carlson, you on the line, buddy? Yes, I am. We uh, we got Carlson back after about three months of uh, uh, being absent on, on the calls, but we're glad to have him back. Uh, Carlson, how has the fear of failure affected you in your life? Um... It's affecting me in many ways, but the number one reason for me is, like what Debbie said, for, like, her critical parent, my parents are very critical as well, and because of that, I um, kind of have, like, have childhood trauma because of it, and due to that, it, it has definitely made me um, procrastinate and just be more anxious and depressed to the point where um, where I had all this guilt and shame like building up to the point where it was just this really heavy weight on me and and it made me just want to avoid Paul because of the fear of failure <clears throat> and um And these past three months, it has definitely been affecting my life to the point where I don't even have a car and I'm losing my license, all because I was just listening to this little voice of guilt to the point where, like, I told myself, oh, well, like, I'm not feeling guilty. And because of that, I automatically started to to feel guilty of not feeling guilty because it was out of the norm for me. And due to that, I I was starting to to view 
my journey of self-discovery and just my subconscious more haphazardly to the point where my it found many, many weak points in, in my life mentally. And because of that, I was just, I, I was basically just shutting down because my, it talked me out of, um, well, well, no, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. My it um, basically convinced me to quit my job without winding up um, another job. And then it also made me, like, psychologically addicted to marijuana to the point where I was putting the substance before, like, all of my loved ones. And up until recently when somebody called me out for it, I didn't really realize it. And if it wouldn't have been for that, then I don't even know if I would even be on the call. But that that's just how the fear of failure has been affecting my life. Well, thank you for being back, Carlson. We uh, definitely yeah. missed you. We definitely missed you in that uh, span of time that you were uh, uh, absent. But welcome back, and we look forward to... Uh, Seeing you go full force on your journey of self-discovery, okay? Okay, I'm looking forward to it, too, and thank you for having me here. More than welcome, more than welcome. We've got a, uh, a new uh, participant online. We just met yesterday. Maya, Maya is her name. Maya, you want to go ahead and uh, talk about how you came about knowing about the, the Life Coach University? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Okay, so, like I said, um, I was searching online yesterday around 6 p.m. for a life coach, and the first number that popped up was Paul's number. So I called him, and I told him what was going on, and I knew about the questions he was, I knew about the questions he was asking me or the things he told me resonated with what I had going on and what he was telling me. So he taught me about conscious and unconscious. So subconscious is like 97% of your mind that do not you do not have control over without your awareness, which you got 3% of your conscious that you're aware of. So to sum it all up, I learned that we've been programmed since birth, and since we are around our parents most of our life, we believe that they're always correct, which is false in, in, in my aspect. In my life, I all... I always allowed things to control me to the point that I didn't get anywhere in life because of what I grew up to become and what I percepted. When all I wanted was direction, correction, trust, love, and attention like any other person you know. Um, The fear of failure for me is me worrying about what others say, being afraid to talk around a group of people. I freeze up and um, I start thinking, feeling anxiety, always worry about what I need to do next in my life. So, my mama had me, she had had me thinking at an early age. As soon as I hit 18, she was like, you know, I got to figure it out from here. So, and I start thinking, like, this is a heck of a world. Like, what's my first step? And so, yeah, I said, I got to reach out and do something. So I got to figure it out for my life. And I am also 20 now. Just turned 20. Very good, very good. <laughs> Really appreciate you do, going on the line yesterday and looking up life coaches in this area. 
really appreciate your interest in getting on a journey of self-discovery. You've got a, a lot to learn, but uh, keep up the good work and uh, go ahead and uh, become the best that you can be. Thank you, Maya. You're welcome. Last but not least, we got Mr. Jody online. Jody, tell us how a little bit about the fear of failure in your life in the past. Uh, for me, well, first, Amanda, thanks for the presentation. And uh, I think for me, the, the procrastination really stuck out. And it seems like I always procrastinate on, like, the important things or the things that aren't really fun to do. Um, so it's not so much a fear of failure in doing certain things, but that procrastination really stuck out. And mm-hmm. not until you were talking that I started to think like where that really came from. You know, we get a lot of our stuff from our parents and things. And I think it may have come from like when I was little and doing schoolwork. Like I never really wanted to do schoolwork. So it seemed like, you know, that was always the, Hey, you need to do your schoolwork first. And I would never do my schoolwork first. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's, that's probably a big part of where that came from. And you know, our minds are, they have an amazing capability of kind of creating scenarios uh, based on our past program conditioning. So when it comes to, like, that internal thought, that it, and when we think of, like, doing something, our mind automatically fills in all the blanks. It it uh, uses what it's learned in the past, and it says, well, this is how this is going to turn out. Uh, it could be a conversation. It could be confronting someone. It could be any of those things. And I think for me, the the big one was kind of looking for acceptance. Um, that played a part in my childhood too, where you know trying to do things that you know your parents were proud of, or they'd be like, "Oh, that's pretty neat," and things like that. Not so much the rejection. I think for that, I don't know. I couldn't, can't think of a time in the, my childhood, but definitely being in the Navy. Um, created and caused me to not really care too much what other people thought. You know, they often referred to as like having thick skin. So um, there's a saying I've I've learned, and it's like what other people think of you is none of my business. So um, I think when I use that, and you know, everybody has their own it. They have their own perspective, and when they when they come at you with something, oftentimes that's just a reflection of who they are. And I've just learned, you know, not to take those things personally because it's not really about me. So thanks, Paul. Thank you, Jody. I really appreciate your input. Is there anybody online that would like to ask uh, Amanda or anyone that participated this evening a question or anything? Um, I do. Um, um, Amanda, I just want to know how, like, how long did it take you to change or, like, did you change? Like, I don't know. I'm just interested. I'm just curious. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I am pretty brand new to this journey, too. I've only been on it three months. So, um, but that was always one thing I was so curious in the beginning, too, was all these other people, you know, that spoke, Debbie mm-hmm. and Jody. Like, how, how fast did this happen? And it always seems like, you know, like, I want to, I want to be there. I want to be past some of this stuff. But um, I really, you. I just, 
Pardon? I told um I was telling Paul that um I want to feel I want to be able to be this changed person like not me thinking about all this extra stuff I got going on in my life I don't know. <laughs> yes, I completely understand. I asked Paul pretty much like, when, when is this stuff going to speed up for me too? And he's like, when you learn to see and to change. But um, so really, in all honesty, as it comes, what, you just take one challenge at a time. And, you know, the guy, um, Jody and um, Debbie and Ray, they, they still talk about um, meeting challenges and how – it, they, it presents themselves, and, and Ray's been in this, on this journey for 10 years. Um, Jody, I think, for about two. Um, and Debbie, I'm not quite, but it's been a couple years. Um, so it, it's apparently something that stays with you. You just get better at it, kind of. And they also say that mm-hmm. it gets better at hiding. But um, it, it's taking one challenge at a time, and it's just it's tackling the one thing in front of you, and you're like, okay, because I can do this. So today I am doing this, and I am going to make the opposite change. And it's not necessarily always the easiest thing, but it it always feels good when you do it. And at the more you're able to do that, the more you're able to break those habits and go forward, and and realize that you that you, you don't have to um, be programmed like everybody around you. Yeah, so it'll come. I feel like I need to open up more. Like I'm more to myself. I don't. I don't know. I, I'm more to myself though. Like I'm like a. I ain't even no open book for real. Like I don't know. Well, and I think that's a failure. That's a failure. That's what it is. Well, you're more than welcome to ask Paul for my number. I'll be more than happy to talk to you. I enjoy um, okay. getting people to open up. Thank you very much, Maya, and uh, I'll give you Amanda's number uh, later on uh, if you would like. Thank you, Amanda, for the uh, comeback on explaining what she asked you. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Anybody else that wants to ask questions or make a statement? Yeah, this is Jody. Yeah, I would like to add some insight, too, to like that question of like how long does it take? Um, so it's, it's very interesting because if you think of the journey as without a destination, you know, you can achieve anything. So it's really how fast you want to make progress and go through the different things. And for me, the big challenge sometimes is having that awareness. Um, it's very easy to get caught in the same routines, you know, going to work, getting up, all those things over and over again, mm-hmm. where you're just kind of on autopilot again. So having that awareness and, and doing things different so that it, uh, it kind of changes up those routines is um, one way to help with awareness. Like, for instance, I, I started brushing my teeth with my left hand, and I recommend everybody try doing this. Um, one, it's a little difficult because you're, you're totally teaching yourself to do something different. That wasn't really the key. The key was the first thing that I did for a long time is I would brush my teeth and I'd grab my toothbrush with my right hand. And it would be like, you know, it, it's that awareness like, hey, I'm, I'm doing that same thing again, and then switching. And then after a while, it becomes a habit, and you'll remember before you 
you know, do that. So it's, it's kind of creating these like little, little red flags or yellow flags that are like, hey, you're doing the same thing again, and to stop and do something different, you know, like, like Paul always says. And, you know, identifying things that we never knew were there and, you know, being able to confront them. Um, there's a lot of times you'll get on a journey and you'll be working hard and you'll come to this point where you're just like, oh, I know I'm doing the same thing, but I don't care. That's, um, those are one of those things that your it's going to play into and it's going to like wear you out sometimes. So sometimes you got to, you know, step up and kick it in and be like, no, I'm not going to do that and continue on the journey. So it's, uh, it's definitely fun and there's a lot of things to learn and don't get discouraged. There's a lot of ups and downs and you'll learn, you'll think you know something or learn something and then something will be different. And there's always a lot of aha moment for me where you come across something new and you're like, oh, that's why. So it's it's definitely a fun journey. Thanks. Thank you, Jody. Appreciate that extra input there. Anybody else that would like to ask questions or make a comment before we get off tonight? The only comment that I have is I'm actually a lefty naturally, Jody. <laughs> nice. Well, then you yeah. switch it up. Use your right hand. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We appreciate everybody calling in and participating this evening. Look forward to next Thursday night at 730. Tell your friends, relatives, and enemies to be on call next Thursday night at 730. Have them call in at 515-604-9530 and use access code 655145. Thank everybody for being online and we'll see you next week.